I'm Danielle McCartan for 60 Minute Overtime, and I have on the phone Teresa Walker, Associated Press football writer, covering the Titans for 20 years. She's seen it all with, with these Titans. I absolutely have. I helped cover the boat to actually bring the team to Tennessee. Covered games when they were commuting from Nashville to Memphis in 97, at Vanderbilt in 98, and then when everything kind of took off in 99. And, and right now, you know, with Marcus Mariota, uh, there's a lot of folks in that franchise that think that they're finally building back toward what they had. Uh, you know, it's been a long time. It's been seven seasons since they last made it to the playoffs. But the way Marcus Mariota's playing with Mike Malarkey, new GM, and John Robinson, they're starting to feel like they finally have a coherent plan in place and, and most of the people to, to make it happen on the field. And it's been interesting to watch the uh, changes, particularly over the last six games for this franchise. Yeah, you know, they are this season currently, right now, week 11, entering week 11, they're 5-5, five and five, second in the AFC South behind the Texans. Now, um, I t- in May or June, I talked with Jason McCourty, and looking back, what he said to me embodies the entire Titan motto this season. I'll just uh, I'll say it. He said, I quote, I just want to win football games. This time of the year, which is in June, everybody is sitting around saying, who do we want to win the Super Bowl? And that's everybody's goal. And for me, there's no reason to sit here and talk about it. It's just about improving now, and when the time comes, when Sundays come during the fall, we're just trying to do everything in our power to win each and every time we step foot onto that field, end quote. And they have. So what has been attributed to the Titans' success this year, in your opinion, coming off a 3-13 and season? Well, it helped when they started when, a year ago November when they made the coaching change. You know, Ken Wisenhunt had his system and was trying to run it, and it just didn't fit the personnel they had. So... You know, they fired him on November 3rd, replaced him with Mike Malarkey. And when they decided to keep him at season's end, it wasn't a popular decision. Uh, you know, there were a lot of people that's like, oh, Amy Adams, strong controlling owner. She was just comfortable with this guy and decided to keep him. Well, but on the other hand, this is a guy, this is his third time around. He quit in Buffalo after two seasons, did go 9-7 and seven there his first season. And then there were some changes that they wanted made that he just wasn't comfortable with. And then after the one season in Jacksonville, you know, they decided with the new GM that they wanted a new coach. And, you know, right now Gus Bradley is the guy that they went with instead of Malarkey. And guess what? He... You know, his job security is now highly tenuous. So, yeah. you know, Mike Malarkey, he's got enough experience. He's changed some things that he's done in his previous two spots. It's almost like after, you know, that those experiences, he, he understands now what's what's important, what matters. There's some things he did in Jacksonville that he doesn't do in Nashville. You know, some things like lining up helmets, you know, during warm-ups and stretches. And it's like, you know, he, he's he's – dropped off things that don't matter. He brought in a lot of veteran coaches. He was criticized this offseason when he, you know, Terry Rubisky, I think, had been, you know, had, hadn't been an offensive coordinator in a bit. And, you know, shoot, Russ Grimm running the offensive line was out of coaching for at least a year. So, you know, there were a lot of moves that he made that people were like, what are you talking about? And then, you know, this him and the new GM, they, they, they knew exactly what they wanted to do to build this team. They traded for DeMarco Murray. A lot of people thought he was done. They got him for the price of dropping three, 13 spots in the fourth round. That was it. And a reworked deal for DeMarco Murray. Now he is uh, leading the AFC, second in the NFL in rushing, mm-hmm. has absolutely uh, helped this franchise. And guess what? What do you need to do for a young quarterback to give him time to learn like Marcus Mariota? run the ball that's you know there was a lot of talk about oh exotic smash mouth and you know they're now now starting to show exactly what he wanted with that if you saw demarco murray throwing a touchdown pass in the first quarter you know that's that seems to be what mike malarkey wants 
then they're getting they're now starting to get big chunk plays the offense is producing they're averaging nearly 34 points a game over the last six weeks so uh, and they're eighth in the nfl in points per game so i think we're starting to see the the, the genesis of exactly what they wanted to do but let's face it there were a lot of folks that mike malarkey himself said this was not going to be a one-year rebuild job that there was a lot of needs this franchise won five games combined over the last two years it's tough to fix everything in one year that said, if you can run the ball and you have a quarterback that can cut down on those mistakes, which Marcus Mariota has in recent weeks, it, that's kind of a winning combination in the NFL. Yeah, and, and you touched on it. Uh, DeMarco Murray's second in rushing yards in, in the entire NFL. There's been talks for NFL Comeback Player of the Year. What do you think? Well, uh, I know that my colleague Barry Wilner, in his package of halfway awards on Friday, had him as the comeback player of the year. I mean, you know, he he looked like he was either done or a bad fit in Chip Kelly's offense last year. And guess what? You know, in, in Mar- Marco Murray has said, you know, hey, guess what? I was, you know, some of that was on me last year. You know, so he's not throwing it all on Chip Kelly. He looked done last year. I mean, a guy who you know led the NFL in rushing the year before in Dallas was the Offensive Player of the Year. You know, he just did not look good last year. He's already topped what he did in Philadelphia last year, and he's just running with authority. I mean, look for any needed evidence. Look at his first run against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. He broke out in the open, yeah. seventy-five yards. Yeah, the Titans are in Pro Football Focus's top three run-blocking uh, teams for the season, and uh, Jason McCourty touched on it with me. But how, in your opinion, have the off-season investments made a difference in this team, especially in regards to the offensive line? Well, they have been struggling for so long to fix this offensive line. I mean, this is not something that's been an issue in just one or two years. This has been an issue back to 2011. Ever since they kind of let Kevin Y, a former Jet, leave, they've been trying to fix that. I mean, they have invested over the last four drafts three first-round draft picks, and it just wasn't seeming to take. Two years ago, though, it was injuries. They played seven tackles two years ago in Ken Wisenhunt's first year. But this offseason, John Robinson, he went out and he signed uh, center Ben Jones away from Houston, an AFC South rival, and he managed to take and fill in a position that, you know, they liked what they'd had in Brian Schwenke, but he was a guy who just couldn't stay healthy the last two years. And Ben Jones has come in and hasn't missed a snap. And then, you know, the team, let's not forget, this team had the number one draft pick overall. They traded to the Rams, and then John Robinson trades back up to number eight, gets Jack Conklin at yep. number eight out of Michigan State. He's, he's not missed a snap at right tackle. And, you know, he's playing, you know, he hasn't allowed a sack per pro football focus uh, all season long. And for a rookie coming into the NFL to not allow a sack through 10 games, you know, that's pretty impressive stuff. So that helped anchor things. This is a line that lost Chance Warmack. He was the first of these three draft picks. They lost him to an injury earlier this season. And, uh, you know, somebody they picked up, Josh Klein, he slid in seamlessly and been able to pick up and take off. So, uh, And then Taylor Lewan, the second of the three draft picks he's anchoring at left tackle and while they're still trying to get his uh his firing demeanor under control uh he you know he gets tossed out after one play on on sunday for making contact with an official mike malarkey said yesterday uh, said on monday just be you know i hope he paid attention how well dennis kelly filled in for him you know they're gonna make it clear to him and and they've tried you know guy you have to keep this under control taylor lawan you know they love what he's been doing play-wise this year but that's the kind of thing you know that he, he had a penalty in another game that cost them dearly so you know they that's something they still have to get under control that said They've only allowed two sacks in each of the last three games, or 
total in the last three games combined. They're protecting Mariota. They're run blocking for Marcus uh, DeMarco Murray. It's been impressive to see this unit finally stabilized. It used to be a strength of this team back when they had Bruce Matthews, uh, Brad Hopkins, Michael Roos, David Stewart. For a long time, this was the strength of the offense. Right now, it, it looks like they've got that unit finally shored back up again. And for a young quarterback, that's got to be huge in terms of confidence levels for him. Oh, absolutely. Last year, Mark, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota only played 12 games last season. The reason why? Well, he got hurt in the pocket. It wasn't like he was out running and, and oh, that you know, he, does he slide? Does he go to head for That wasn't even an issue. The issue for him was that he was getting hit and destroyed in the pocket. That's where Olivier Verdon hit him and, you know, cost him two games to sprain knee, and then he sprains a knee in the pocket again in a game at New England and did not finish the season. So uh, this way they've been able to keep him upright. He's staying on the field, and when you don't have people right in your face all the time, it's amazing what you you know what we're seeing him do. The numbers, are absolutely astounding, and and he's showing what he can do if you give him a couple extra seconds. Yeah, it's true. So now, um, only the Falcons have more twenty-plus yard plays this season. That you know, over the Titans, the Titans are tied with San Diego. Um, what's up with this new look aggressiveness for them? Well, that's the thing. You know, for all that talk of exotic smash mouth, people were taking it to mean running the ball. And Mike Malarkey's like, no, no, no. You know, wh- whoever phrased, coined this phrase was back in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. It means getting some big plays and doing it with some funky looks. Well, that's what they've been doing. I mean, you know, D- Delaney Walker at tight end, this is a guy who had 94 catches for over 1,000 yards last season. Well, for the first part of this season, defenses were focusing on him. He was their one target. Well, can the right comes back, he gets, you know, he's finally healthy. Richard Matthews, another free agent, picked up this offseason. Mm-hmm. You know, he's now caught a pass. Uh, he's got six touchdown passes over the last six games. So all these pieces are finally starting to come together. A new offense, and there's there seems to be a chemistry that's finally been built. You know, some of these players are maturing, and it's been impressive to watch them. You know, I mean, the, the plays yesterday, they had, uh, I'm sorry, on Sunday, they had, I think, five plays that were 32 yards or longer just in that one game. That's incredible. And and to even open up the game against the Packers with an onside kick, I mean, that was pretty impressive, too. Well, and that's the thing. Mike Malarkey said he wanted to be aggressive. He wanted to, you know, kind of serve notice. He called it a statement game. And, you know, when you're playing an Aaron Rodgers, a two-time MVP, you want to make sure you get as many possessions as you can. And he was trying to steal one. But he made it clear to the defense, you know, just in case it doesn't work, you be ready to go out there and make the stop. And that's exactly what, you know, they did. This is a franchise that, you know, making a move like gambling with an opening onside kick, that's the kind of, and not getting it is the kind of thing that would have just deflated their tires in previous seasons. Instead, the defense comes out there and, you know, Aaron Rodgers at the 49, you know, the odds are pretty good that he's probably going to get a field goal out of that at the least. And they just shut him down and force the kick. And then, you know, the next play later, DeMarco Murray goes 75 yards. So, you know, it's been part aggressive uh, approach on the field, uh, a mentality, attacking. And, you know, I'll say this. One thing that helps you when you're healthy, any team in the league, when you're healthy, you can do more of these things. Tennessee Titans, knock on wood, they've enjoyed the kind of health this season that they just hadn't had in recent years. Correct. Now, if if we're going to project ahead now, week 11, Colts. It's an AFC South showdown. And uh, I look back, the Titans had lost to the Colts on uh, October 23rd. The score was 34-26. With all things considered, how do you expect this game to play out next week on Sunday? 
Well, this is one that the Titans absolutely have to have. They've lost 10 straight to the Colts, 15 of the last 16. They have never won at Lucas Oil Stadium, 0-8. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and there's been so many times where they gone to Indianapolis, should have, could have won. You know, Indianapolis got their first win the season that uh, Peyton Manning was injured against the Titans. You know, the, uh, the Colts have had injuries, you name it, all sorts of issues, and yet they somehow managed to find a win. Shoot, the, uh, the last time these teams met last season, you know, the Colts, I think, were down to their fourth or fifth quarterback of the season, still found a way to win the game. Right. That said, Getting the win over the Packers, struggling though the Green, uh, Green Bay Packers may be this season, See, uh, I, it feels like that's going to be the kind of confidence boost that what they're doing works. And uh, at this point, they have their bye the first weekend in December. Uh, they have every chance to be 7-5 and five at that bye. And they host the uh, Houston Texans on January 1st. Yep. That game easily could be for the AFC South title. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So a uh, win this week, you know, this coming Sunday – will most likely lead to a showdown with the Texans on, on New Year's Day for the AFC South title. And I know there's a lot of football to play between now and then, but how do you see that playing out? Who wins the AFC South? Well, I tell you, the Tennessee Titans lost in Houston 27-20 to on the, uh, the strength, essentially, of a punt return for a touchdown. That was the difference in that game. It was knotted up until that that, that mistake, uh, along with a few others, cost the special teams coordinator Bobby April his job the next day. That was in Houston. The confidence has built so tremendously since then. That was uh, part of a 1-3 and three start for the Tennessee Titans, 4-2 and two since then, and they just seem to be building more confidence in the, themselves in the coaches' schemes and, and across the board. So, uh, and, and if they're playing for that on January 1st in Nashville, I can see a huge crowd for the Titans. They've had trouble draw, drawing people even early this season, but that gives everybody a chance to come out, be loud, and uh, if they can get that crowd back in there, it's a very tough place to play in Nashville. But let's not forget, this is probably a little early for the Tennessee Titans, and, and I admit, in my FC South preview, I picked them third just because – when you've won five games the last two years, it's really right. tough to go on that limb. That said, you know, Marcus Mariota has shown flashes. You know, I mean, if anyone saw his debut in the NFL last year, he posted a perfect passer rating. And if you watched him in college, you know, the only question was, could he get up under center and could he, you know, throw the ball across the yard? He's showing that he can do that, absolutely. But this is a franchise that, that's definitely on the rise, no matter if it is a little earlier than people might have thought. They've got two first-round draft picks next April. And what do you expect them to do with the with those picks? Well, they have a, they have a serious need. They got to get a speed wide receiver to help get down the field and open things up a little bit more. So look for that to be possibly the first pick. But they also need to shut down corner. So wide receiver corner. That's what they've got to use those first two picks on. You guys have had some some great insight dropped on you from Teresa Walker, Associated Press football writer for the Titans for twenty years. So I, I want to thank you for coming on sixty minute overtime and. Uh, giving us a look into uh, a team other than the New York Jets and New York Giants. My pleasure, Danielle. Thank you so much.